Welcome to The Real Birth Podcast, the show where real parents share real birth stories and get really honest about how it went. You might be a first-time expectant parent, or on your eighth baby. Perhaps you're a birth worker, or maybe you just love learning about birth. Whoever you are, you are welcome here. This podcast aims to educate and empower listeners through the real stories of mums and dads. I'm Lucy Hill. I'm a doula, a mum of a toddler, and a complete birth nerd. Join me as I invite all kinds of parents to share their stories of pregnancy, birth, and beyond. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode. Today I'm joined by Jade, who has two very different birth stories to share with us. Her first birth was on a midwife-led unit and her daughter was born in the water. She describes her experience as amazing and completely natural. Everyone was shocked to discover that her daughter actually weighed almost 10 pounds. Her second birth occurred during the COVID-19 pandemic and because of this, her experience was overshadowed by the rules, restrictions and huge staff shortages that this has brought. As well as dealing with the COVID measures, Jade was also deemed at risk of having another very large baby and so she was treated in a very different way despite her previously proving that she had no problems at all birthing a big baby. She didn't even have a single tear with her first birth. Jade has some wonderful reflections on how the interventions that she experienced may have caused her second birth to take a turn that she wasn't really anticipating. But her upbeat nature means that her son's birth was, as she puts it, dramatic and not traumatic. So let's get stuck into Jade's birth stories. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Well, thank you very much, Jade, for coming on the podcast. It's really nice to have you here. First off, could you tell us a little bit about you and your family? Okay, so, um, well, now we've got two children. So Mila was our first, and then she's five now. Um, And then we recently had Jet, who is a little boy, and he is six months. So me and Sean have been together about 10 years. Been together a long time now. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely done with children. One of each is nice. <laughs> Lovely. Um, and so what did the journey to becoming pregnant look like for you? Did you plan to conceive when you did? How did that work for you for your children? Right. So we, we got married in the, the end of August in 2015. Um, and I spoke to people like, oh, how long did it take to get pregnant? Blah, blah. So it was obviously on the cards. It was the next thing in like our steps. <laughs> but um everyone I spoke to was like, oh yeah, it took like four or five months. Um, you know, I was doing ovulation kit. So I was like, oh okay, like we'll just I'll just come off the pill and if it happens, it happens. But we're not in any rush. Like we'll probably get one last holiday in together, just the two of us, that kind of thing. Well, after that conversation, I didn't even have one period. I literally fell pregnant straight away. Wow. <laughs> in a way, it's a good thing, because at least we didn't, like, struggle to conceive. But it was, like, a bit of a shock. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I was, like, a couple of days late, and I was like, no, nah, I can't be pregnant already. Did a test. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm pregnant. Well... <laughs> It, you know it happens doesn't it and we are yeah we are it's funny isn't it we're sort of fed the dialogue of oh you could you get pregnant straight away you've got to have contraception but then at the same time yeah. it's oh well it usually takes sort of six months sometimes more so it's almost yeah. like yeah you can't win can you yeah we were really that, lucky with that's great yeah and was it a similar situation with your son was that quite easy for you yeah, I think it took like eight weeks, something like that. Yeah. Pregnant, like a couple of months, so it didn't take long. That's amazing. Brilliant. <laughs> but not as quick as Alina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if we talk about your first pregnancy first, yeah. 
how do you remember when you found out you were pregnant like was there do you remember like the situation what happened yeah it's actually really bad <laughs> me and Sean had an argument and I can't remember what it was about it was something really trivial like you do like and we just had this I, I literally for the life of me can't remember what it was about so it's obviously something petty mm-hmm. but we've been having an argument and we've been at work and we were like texting each other horrible things and then we got home and I thought oh, I'm gonna do a test so I did a test and it came up positive and I was like oh no we've got to go down the <laughs> And I was like, um, can we be friends? <laughs> and he was like, no, you've really annoyed me. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, I'm pregnant, so you better be nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that probably solved the yeah. argument, right? Yeah, it did, to be fair. Yeah, good. so um, it was quite good. <laughs> and how, how was your pregnancy? How was your first experience of pregnancy? Um, both of my pregnancies are really similar, actually. That's why I thought I was adamant I was having another girl when I had Jeff. Oh. I was really lucky like I didn't have any I I say lucky I didn't have any morning sickness where I was physically sick mm. but I literally felt sick for the first 12 weeks so it wasn't like I, I in a way it would have been better if I could have been sick physically and then felt normal for the rest of the day it would have been yeah. nice but I literally and the only way I could describe it was like you know when you go to the fair and you get off the waltzers and feel a bit sick mm. I felt like that constantly for 12 weeks <laughs> yeah and then you kind of forget about it when you when you've had the baby and everything's nice and then you go back and you get pregnant again and you're like oh yeah this hell <laughs> <laughs> but once you so once you came out of that kind of first trimester did you start to feel better yeah absolutely fine like um my feet were a bit swollen and stuff like that but my first pregnancy like was quite easy mm. oh that's good and in terms of like what you were thinking about for your birth you know did you have any kind of preconceived ideas of what you wanted or had you thought about that ahead of time well, I, I find it really weird when you have to do a birthing plan because it's mm. so like oh how do you want to be led what do you want to do and I'm like I don't know when I'm in that situation you don't know how you're gonna feel are you and you're not gonna be led in a position and then be like no nope, I have to stay in this position because my birth plan says it <laughs> <laughs> so I was just a bit like oh I'll just kind of go with the flow like I never really Oh, I did do a birthing plan so I remember going to the midwives and doing it but it kind of went out the window when I actually went to give birth yeah. and I remember thinking like oh I'll just take my bikini top and like if I do want to get in the pool then I might do it but I was just really laid back about the whole thing to be yeah honest. yeah was there anything that you knew you really didn't want not really I mean I can remember like thinking like I really don't want to see section mm-hmm. like I really want to give birth naturally um, but I was like, I just didn't really know what to expect, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Did you do anything in particular to prepare for your birth? Did you do any kind of education classes or do any reading? No, no I literally did nothing. Like people were like, oh, you're going to do any birth? And I'm like, no, I'll just get on with it. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> fair enough. Like, yeah, I'm like, how oh, could it be? Everyone does it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I know that you mentioned when we were talking earlier about people giving you the impression that birth was this terrible thing like what what kind of information were you getting from other people about birth and and did it affect you uh well like a few of my friends have had like really traumatic labor okay. and then like one of my friends had to have like is it a physiotomy where yeah. they like cut you back front and yeah. all this and I was like oh god but I remember speaking to one of my friends and she was like the best way so when your contractions start she said is just think that a contraction will only last up to a minute yeah so she said when you start having a contraction she said start counting and she said because you'll know no matter how much pain you're in you've only got a maximum of however many seconds left and I found that really helpful like when my contraction started I kept thinking right one two three like breathing through it and then thinking oh that's gone now like and you think that's such a good way of looking at it I think when you look at labor as a whole 
the actual amount of time that you are experiencing a contraction is, is a relatively small percentage of the time. Yeah. And you can do anything for 60 seconds. That's what I just kept telling myself. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that's really good that you kind of knew that's the situation and I can count and and that gets you through it. through it. Yeah. That's amazing. How did you go into labour and how were your kind of appointments towards the end of your pregnancy? Did you go overdue uh, I mean air quotes overdue um yeah or how did that play out for you yeah so Mila was she five days late six days no six days late I think she was so she was due around the 9th of September I think it was mm. yeah and um so once you go over that due date it's like oh so annoying you get people going like have you had the baby yet have you had it yet yeah. oh I've been everyone like just leave me alone I'll let you know when it's here like I want it out as much as you do and my sisters were like hurry up we want to meet her and I'm just like <sighs> so do I like Pressure. I get around <laughs> so like yeah so um, once I went over my due date like you start doing all the oh bounce on a ball eat a curry have sex do this none of it worked and then after um like three or four days after I was overdue um we were just sat at home and I was like oh like getting a bit of a niggle I was like it just feels like a really sharp like period pain yeah um and then obviously they started coming a bit more frequently and I was like I think we're having contractions but I don't know because it was my first labor I was like I don't really know what to expect and I was like it hurts but it's not like unbearable like we were still out like doing shopping and stuff like that and I remember on the Monday um I was booked for a stretch and sweep um, so we popped into Asda in the morning and I was still having contractions, but we were knackered because like Sunday night, we'd literally been awake most of the night. So it's like, it wasn't really painful. It was just uncomfortable. So I couldn't mm. sleep. And then obviously I'd catch on awake. So I was like, oh. <laughs> 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 do this with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he was like knackered as well. So um, on the Monday morning, I was booked for a stretch and sweep. So we like popped into Asda before we went the hospital and I remember the lady behind the till was like oh how long have you got left because I was absolutely massive um and I was like oh I think I'm in labor now and she was like oh my god are you okay I was like yeah, yeah, fine. Like, I think it's like really early I'm like I'm, I think I'm having many contractions but I'm not I don't really know so anyway then when I got to my stretch and sweep she was like oh um yeah she examined me and she was like yeah you're two centimeters dilated so you are in labor and I was like oh okay she was like I could probably stretch you to three um you know this could you could go into labor tonight or it could be another week and I was thinking oh my god please do not make me go through this another week like <laughs> even though it's like it's not really painful but it's just annoying mm. <laughs> that's the way I describe it like, and it's really, tiring like, yeah really tiring like I can't really sleep through it because it's waking me up and um, so I was like oh god please don't go off another week anyway so I had my stretch and sweep done went home and then like the evening came and then they just started getting a bit more regular and then they got a bit more painful. And so I rang the midwives and the midwives were like, oh, you come in, but just let you know, if you're not four centimetres, we will probably send you home. So I was like, okay. So I was like, Sean, let's go. Like, I just want to be in the hospital. I want to be safe. I want to know I'm with somebody that knows what they're doing because we haven't got a clue what we're doing. <laughs> so um, got in the car and I remember it so vividly. Like we literally stopped at every traffic light and I was like, oh my God, this is so painful. <laughs> like, and it's worth being in the car because you can't move. You're like, confined to the car and mm. every red light I was like oh my god just get me there so anyway arrived at the hospital and I can remember there was a lady that arrived at exactly the same time as us and she was literally bent over the counter screaming and her husband was just like white as a ghost like rubbing her back like looked absolutely petrified and I remember Sean looking at me like you're not gonna be like that are you and I was like I don't know like I don't know how bad this is gonna get like it could get worse like I don't know so anyway 
they took me into a room they examined me they were like oh you're three centimeters and I was like oh I was like I'm not going home I was like I don't want to go home because I was like I know what's going to happen I'll get home and then I'll be four centimeters and then I'll have to come back anyway so St Michael's were amazing they were like no worries like they put us in this little room um we were in there for about an hour this is like around midnight and I think that was the worst part of my labor being in this room because I had no painkillers I was like didn't know what to do with myself. I was like, I can't sit down because it hurts. I can't stand up because it hurts. I can't lie down because it hurts. I was like, just don't know what to do with myself. It was just really annoying. And because we were so tired as well. Mm. I think we were just knackered. And like, it was weird because my waters didn't really break like they do in the movies. Like, you know, Mm. it's like, it just kind of was like trickling out of me. And I was like, oh, this is just annoying. You know, like, I just want to get on with it now. Yeah. When did you notice that your waters had started leaking? Um, When we were in that room. So we just kind of, yeah, it was just, but it was like, I think I had like, a, almost like, you know, like the puppy pads that they train yeah. dogs on. <laughs> yeah, they are I think very I was, like, useful. Sat on one of them. Yeah, I think I was like sat on one of them and it was just kind of tripping out, but it wasn't like anything major. Anyway, after about an hour, the midwife came in and she was like, oh, I'll examine you. And she was like, oh, well done, you're five centimeters. You can go into the birthing suite now. So I was like, oh, amazing. I'm so glad we didn't go home. Because like by the yeah. time we got home, it would have been time to come back. And um, so she was like, oh, we'll take you into the birthing suite. She was like, there is a pool in there if you do want to get in the pool. And I was like, yeah, I might as well. Like, I've got my bikini top. I'll just get in. We walked into the room and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, so when I was pregnant, we went for um, a visit to the St. Michael's birthing suite. But okay. when we went, it was too busy. So we couldn't actually see the broken suites. Like we saw the rooms that I was like in for like an hour. We saw those rooms and we saw like the kitchens and stuff like that. But we never actually got to go into the broken suite. Um, so I don't know whether it's the same in the daytime if this is nice. But obviously we went in in like the middle of the night. Um, the whole room was lit up with like pink fairy lights. And birthing pool was all lit up. There was like um, a big double bed, um, a sofa. Like it was so nice. I remember Sean saying like, he was like, this is so where you make a baby, not have one. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know what? You need exactly the same hormones to make a baby as you do to get them out. So that's yeah, why they make it yeah. feel all gorgeous. It was so nice. So I remember getting in the pool and as soon as I got in the pool, I was like, oh my God, it's so much nicer. Like, you know when you've got really bad period things and then you get in the bath and the yeah. warmth kind of yeah. like takes the pressure off your stomach. That's what it was like. So I got in the pool and I was like, oh, this is really nice. And then I got on the gas and air and I was like, this is the best invention ever. <laughs> and I was so relaxed. I think that's why I had such an easy labour because I was so relaxed. So like, I was literally falling asleep in the pool between my contractions, just having a bit of gas and air. Like Sean had a sleep on the bed. And I thought, like when we went into labour, I thought, oh my God, he's going to drive me insane. He'll be like poking me and annoying me and winding me up like he normally does. Um, but he was just too tired. So he just didn't really speak to me. And I was like, oh, it's quite nice. <laughs> like, they were just like <laughs> sat in silence, like falling asleep between my contractions. And like the midwife kept coming in and she was like, oh, do you want any music on? I was like, no, I'm literally just like sat in this birthing pool. Like it was so relaxing. Like I remember saying to the midwife, like we should try this out on a Saturday night. Like I'd quite happily come up here and have a bit of gas and air, sit in the hot tub. (laughs) (laughs) It was so nice. Um, And yeah, that went on for about well, it must have been about six, five hours, five, four or five hours. And then I said to Sean, like by this point, it was like six, well, about quarter to six in the morning. And I was like, Sean, I really need a poo. (laughs) And he was like, Well, I was like. I really need to poo. I was like, you're going to have to help me out this pool. So Sean came over, like, helped me out the pool, went over, sat on the toilet, and I was like, I can't go. I was like, I feel really constipated. Like, I really need to poo, but nothing's coming out. So I was like, oh, I'll just get back in the pool. 
So he got back in the pool and then literally about five minutes later, the midwife came in and she was like, oh, we better exam- like get you out and examine you, see how dilated you are now. So I went to get out of the pool and as I opened my legs, she was like, oh, I can see the head. She was like, you better push. And I literally pushed once and her head came out. And then the midwife got a mirror and she put it under the water so that Sean could see the baby's oh, face. Oh, lovely. Sean, to this day, was like, it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. And then she was like, right, push again. And I pushed and she was out. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, she's out. Like they just placed her on my chest. And I was like, oh my God, I was like crying. Like, oh, yeah. my baby. And then, then they like weighed her and stuff. And they were like, oh, um, oh, she's a, she's a big baby. And I was like, oh, how much does she weigh? And they were like, £9.13. And I was like, whoa. Like, oh my God, I can't believe <laughs> You're a hero. <laughs> and then they were like, oh, we better like examine you like downstairs just to make sure like everything's fine. And I was like, to be honest, I was like, I feel fine. I was like, but it could be like the adrenaline because I'm buzzing. I've just had a baby and everything's fine and blah, blah, blah. And she examined me and she was like, literally, I cannot believe you've just pushed out a nine pound, like nearly a 10 pound baby. And everything's fine, no tears, no cuts, nothing. And I was like, oh my God, like, this is amazing. amazing. Yeah, it was just, it was like magical. It was so good. And then um, they bring you tea and toast, which for some reason is the best tea and toast you'll ever have, (laughs) which everyone says about, and you're like, oh, whatever. And then you're like, no, it is the best tea and toast. So we had like tea and toast. And then then they put us onto like a ward with like other mums, like a shared Mm -hmm. ward. And like the nurse come around with a drugs trolley and all these mums are like, yeah, yeah, I need painkillers, I need this, I need that. And I'm like, I'm sure, I'm absolutely fine. Like, I'm like, do I just take a paracetamol? So I'm like part of the crew. Like I literally had no other <laughs> nothing. I literally felt absolutely normal. So they were like, because it was my first baby, they were brilliant. They were like, if you want to stay in overnight, you can, but you know, you're absolutely fine. And I was like, oh, I just want to go home. (laughs) I was like, I'd rather just go home and like see everybody. So we were home the same day. So I think Mm. we gave, I gave birth at like, I think it was 11 minutes past six. And then by like half past four in the afternoon, like we had everybody around to see her. And I just felt absolutely normal. Like no after pains, nothing. I was so lucky. And like even the midwife, she was like, I just ran down the corridor and told all the other midwives, like, I've just witnessed the most amazing birth. She said it is literally like textbook perfect. I was like, oh, it's so lush. That's yeah, wonderful. So and that's so yeah. funny because I've heard like time and time again people saying they didn't realise necessarily their baby was imminent but they were just like I need a poo like I just need to get this poo out yeah. and then and then I can yeah, carry on with labor pressure I guess like yeah yeah it's but like the pressure right of the baby there. like coming yeah it's really weird and did you know you were having a girl yeah yeah, yeah we knew we were having a girl yeah oh, so, lovely. We, like, named her and stuff. so we named her um, Mila because I had that name picked out since I was like 12 yeah um but Sean's like I was always like if I have a girl it's gonna be Mila so literally the minute I found out this girl I was like Mila that's her name um, but Sean's a massive Star Wars fan and she was actually conceived. We worked it out. She was conceived the night we went to see The Force Awakens in <laughs> a mama date night. Um, so she's double barrel. So it's Mila Ray, Ray's character in Star Wars. Oh, that's so lovely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even though, so so my son's name's Rufus, um, but I was oh, absolutely yeah. adamant that his name had to be in Harry Potter somewhere. So, yeah, so it's not necessarily a namesake, but I was like, it's not happening unless it's in Harry Potter. So <laughs> I totally understand that. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. So you you were home, you had everybody around you. And how did yeah. you 
how did you find that kind of immediate postpartum time like what were your what were your thoughts around feeding and things like that how was that initial um, it, it was it was fine to be honest like literally the day after I gave birth I remember being in Tesco's doing my shopping this woman the woman was like oh how old is she and I was like she was born yesterday she was like what you're out the house I was like yeah it's still fine like it's absolutely like no complications nothing um we tried breastfeeding but because she was so big and I had no milk it just wasn't happening and I can remember her being about three days old and she was screaming and I was like I don't know what to do mm. like there's literally nothing coming out of my boobs and um, so Sean was like I'm just gonna go get some formula and I was like oh I don't I really want to do it but we we'd kind of prepared for that like we already had like a perfect prep machine on standby mm. and stuff she's absolutely fine I remember having like a breakdown like oh no I feel really bad and I rang the midwife and I was like oh I've just given her a bottle like I feel really bad about it and then um, she was like but she's hungry, so you have to feed her. And I was like, okay. Like, it made me feel really good. Like, the midwife I got was amazing. And then the following day, I had a midwife appointment. And then she was like, so are you breastfeeding or bottle feeding? And I was like, oh, well, I was breastfeeding, but I've put her onto a bottle. And I was like, you know, I just don't have enough milk. And I really wanted to do it, but blah, blah, blah. And then she was like, oh, I spoke to you on the phone last night. I was like, yeah, you did. And she oh. was like... <laughs> She was like, I'll let you into a secret. I was like, well, she was like, I've got six kids and I never breastfed any of them. And I was like, did you not? And she was like, no. And she was like, and they're all really healthy, intelligent. They're never sick. Thanks. I was like, that's just what I needed to hear. (laughs) Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes if you're in that mindset and, you know, you've made a decision that's right for you and you are feeling guilty, just having somebody to say to you that they've also made that decision just changes the way you feel about it. So, yeah, it's good that she was able to, like, relate to you rather than yeah she was really nice yeah yeah that was it really like yeah so she's five now so amazing oh and um it sounds like your postpartum experience was was good you were you yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. if you're happy did you want to talk about your second experience yeah yeah yeah. so jet's labor was a completely different experience yeah Um, (laughs) So quite similar, like got pregnant quite quickly, really similar labour, pregnancy, sorry, Um, like sick for the first 12 weeks, then felt fine. However, I had the most worst back pain throughout my pregnancy. Like I don't even, I don't know whether it's because I'm a bit older now, like from going from 20, I know it's only like five years, but from 27 to 32, it's like, I don't know whether it's my body's like I can't cope with this anymore <laughs> I mean I mean no you, you're like lugging a toddler around as well like and that is notoriously terrible on a lower back and yeah yeah, yeah I had really really bad back pain like throughout my pregnancy um but then like near the end of my pregnancy he'd move and I it, it must have been where he was on my nerves because um he'd be he'd move and then I wouldn't it wouldn't be as painful so right. I, yeah but the back pain was horrific it really made me think like oh my god it made me feel so empathetic for people that have back pain I was like it is mm. the worst thing literally um but yeah so then uh with Jet I went because obviously Mila was such a big baby they were like um on my bump was absolutely massive <laughs> like it was huge so they were like oh we're gonna monitor the baby to make sure that you know he's not too big so they were like we'll get you in for a growth scan at like 30s I think it's 38 weeks I went for a growth scan and at the growth scan they were like yeah he's nine pound 14 already <laughs> that's our estimate yeah and I was like oh my god like you're bigger than Mila already like Mila was at birth she was six days late so they were like obviously we don't want you to go overdue so we're gonna induce you so I was like okay so I was like oh can I have a water breath because you know I had a water breath for Mila and I found it like really relaxed and they were like no you can't have a water breath because the baby's mm. too big 
and I was like but Mina was a big baby but yeah I was just gonna say it's funny that you you have already shown that your body is perfectly capable of giving birth to a 10 pound baby with not even yeah. a scratch so I find yeah. that really interesting that you were treated in the same way as somebody who maybe had had like a seven pound baby before yeah uh, did you kind of have any questions for them about that did you sort of say yeah yeah well I was, I was like oh I'd really like a uh, water birth mm-hmm. and they were like oh um no you can't have one because the baby's too big and I was like but Mila was £9.13 and I had like the easiest labour and they said to me if we knew she was that big we wouldn't have let you have a water birth and I was like really I was like but that's why I think that's why it was so easy because I was like relaxed I was in water like that's, I think that mm-hmm. was that's yeah, such so a shame weird. isn't it because you think of all, of all the people that are having babies that are deemed as having big babies you know yeah through whatever way they've been discovered you know they could have maybe had the experience that you've had and, and actually it's just because of the baby size they've not even sort of been able to try yeah so that's I was really like, sad and they said it's basically because if the baby gets stuck on the way out it's a lot more mm. harder to like intervene when the baby's underwater right. but I was like oh how annoying and they were also like also if you're induced you can't have a water birth so I was like oh okay fine so mm. anyway so that was that so I was like okay we're gonna have a big baby so they were like ideally we want to induce you at 39 weeks so like mm. the following week so they were like oh um we'll induce you on the Tuesday but I thought it was really funny because they were like oh if you don't hear from the team by Tuesday morning ring them and I was like what like a hair appointment like hi <laughs> have a baby today please like mental so anyway um I said to Sean like you know take your paternity leave from the Tuesday because we'll probably have the baby that day mm. so um Tuesday morning came the hospital rang me obviously this is a bit different because it was like Covid times yeah. now um not like middle of pandemic but it was still I mean it's only six months ago so it was still quite like there was yeah. all these Covid rules um so they rang me on the Tuesday and they were like oh we're, we're really sorry but we haven't got any beds available and I was like brilliant I was like okay so when can I come in? Because I was thinking, this baby's just getting bigger. Like, yeah. <laughs> and also they sort of made bigger. you feel like it It has, you have to do something now. And you think, well, they're not that yeah. bothered if they haven't. And you get excited as well. You're like, yeah. oh, today could be the day that we get the baby. Like, blah, blah. So no. So I was like, okay, well, I was like, you know, my husband's off work. Um, my mother-in-law is on standby. So I've got a babysitter for me. like, whenever the time has come, my bags are packed. I can literally go. So they were like, oh, so can we contact you at any point? And I was like, any time, day or night, like, just let me know when mm-hmm. I can come in. So four o'clock in the morning, they call me. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> they, they meant it when <laughs> you they, said it any time. Yeah, literally. So four o'clock in the morning, they were like, oh, Jade, um, your bed's available. You can come in. We can induce you today. So I was like, excellent. And then it was the middle of July. And I think I must have chose the hottest week of the year to give birth. So I was on the phone, I was like, random, but can I bring my fan? Because I've got like a tall heat like mm. tall um fan and I thought it's literally the only way I've been able to sleep is have this fan like directly at me because I'm sweating like anything this bump was the biggest bump you've ever seen in your life <laughs> so I was like can I bring my fan and then and the midwife was like oh yeah please do so I was like okay so we arrived at the hospital took us up onto this ward like we were in our own room which was quite nice and then they were like oh we'll have to um COVID test you both so I was like okay brilliant so um, they COVID tested me and then they just kind of ignored Sean and I was like, okay. So did my COVID test um, and then they were like, right, we're going to induce you. What we're going to do is we're going to put, I've never even heard of this, but I'd heard people having like pessaries and drips yeah. and stuff like that. But they were like, oh, what we do is we put a balloon up inside you. Okay. 
fill it with like saline solution and then when it solidifies and it falls out that basically means you're three centimeters mm. dilated so I, was like, I, th- okay. I think it's called a foley bulb um oh, is it yeah yeah I've heard a few different names or cook's balloon there's a couple um yeah but yeah it's it's interesting that they did that because actually that is one of the few kind of like non-hormone based inductions yeah. so it kind of gives your body a chance to just do it with a tiny nudge rather than here's here's a load of hormones immediately so yeah that's really good that they offered you that as a first port of call yeah so um they put that like up inside me but we were like laughing because I was like they did the COVID test and Sean was like I didn't even gag and I was like shut up like (laughs) he's like you've done that before I was like you're so good yeah and then um, when I went to have my um when I went to have my balloon fitted they were like right we'll put your legs up in syrup so I was like okay so put my legs up and then um, she handed me the gas in air and I was like, oh no, like, is this going to hurt? Like, I wasn't expecting mm. it to hurt. And then she did it and she was like, right, it's all done. And I was like, that meant to hurt. <laughs> and she was like, oh, some people find it quite painful. And I was like, mm. <laughs> I don't know if I've got a high pain threshold or whether. Yeah, well, it sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, so they did that and then they put us, so it was, oh, it's so annoying. And basically it's like, so it's up inside you but you have like two or three tubes like hanging in between your legs yeah. so it's like really it's just annoying really mm-hmm. so they were like right we'll put you up into it so they took us up sorry that was on like one of the suites and then they took us up to like my like birthing room kind of thing so we walked up into this room and oh my god the only way I can describe it is like you know when you go on holiday to like Spain or somewhere and you go in a hotel room and there's no air con Yes. It was literally like, it felt like there was sweat dripping off the walls in there. And I was like, oh my God, it's so hot, it's so hot. I was like, thank God I bought that fan because I think I would have just been like, send me home because I cannot stay in this room. It was absolutely boiling. So I was laid in the bed, Sean was sat in like the seat. I was literally like stuck to the bed with sweat. And so was Sean, because you know, this, the fabric of the chairs is that like plasticky, Oof. like, oh, it was just vile. And I'm... we were like literally losing our minds. Like, I'm so hot. And I must have been so moany. <laughs> Could you could you get up and move around at all? Was that possible? And and was so, there any access to a shower or anything that would keep you cool? So this is what's funnier. So we're on. So we've got our own room, but we're on like a like a ward. So we've got our own room, but they they came in and they were like, right. So there's like a kitchen. There's a drinks kitchen, toilets. They were like, you can use them, but Sean can. And I was like, okay, okay. So I was like, brilliant. So if he wants a drink. I've got to get up with these tubes hanging out of my legs and my massive bump and waddle to the end of the corridor to get him a drink. Like, this is ridiculous. And I was like, what if he needs the toilet? And they were like, he needs to go out of the ward onto reception and use the reception toilet. And I was like, why? And they were like, because of COVID. And I was like, but surely he's got more chance of catching COVID outside of the ward and bringing it in rather than being on a ward where everyone's been tested and everyone's negative. Like, I just don't get it. But I was like, okay, fine. And then after about eight hours, I was like, Sean, you haven't even had your COVID test yet, have you? And he was like, no. So a midwife come in and I was like, are you going to COVID test him? And she was like, oh, has no one done it? And I was like, no. And I'm thinking, if he has got COVID, he's been in contact with about eight midwives. Like, And at that point, it was like, if you'd been in contact with someone from COVID, like you had to isolate. So luckily he got tested and luckily his was negative as well. So we were fine. Um, But yeah, that was that. So I was like, how long is this going to take? Like how long till this like comes out? 
and they were like oh it can take up to 24 hours so I was like oh you know really like it wouldn't have been so bad if I wasn't so hot like it was just so I can't even and, explain it was like oh, hell <laughs> and I wonder you know how different it might have been if you'd walked into that suite with you know the fairy lights in the pool and you had had the chance to completely just zen you know how quickly your body Literally. might have relaxed to do like, that night and day that is isn't it I'm literally and it's the same possible but obviously with Mila I had her on the maternity led unit whereas because I was being induced you're like on the normal unit which is like I'd say it's more like clinical if that makes sense like if anything Mm. goes wrong you've got like machinery everywhere and so we sat there for like 12 hours and I was like oh my god I'm literally losing the will to live it's so hot like like I said if it had been cold, like, or not even cold, if it had just been normal temperature, it wouldn't have been so bad because I had my iPad and I would have just like chilled out. But it was so hot, we were, it was horrific. And we were trying, I was trying, like, I hadn't had a single contraction, even though I'd had this thing cut, I mean, no contractions, nothing. So I'm like bouncing on balls, trying to like make something happen, no contractions at all. So anyway, we stayed in overnight. So Sean Blessing slept in the chair all night, woke in the morning, we were like, oh, just sweat buckets it was vile and then woke in the morning and they were like oh um oh and then it came out like the, the balloon fell out like come out which is really yeah. weird because it came out and it was almost like they don't even describe it it's like a bouncy ball like a clear solidified yeah. like bouncy ball it was really weird so that came out so the midwife came in and I was like oh it's come out like she was like oh excellent she was like that means you're three centimeters dilated now we'll be able to like manually break the water so I was like oh excellent like let's get on with it oh but we haven't got any beds on delivery suite so we can't take you down yet. So I was like, okay, so how long is this going to be? They were like, oh, we don't know. So I was like, brilliant. So I was thinking, like, I ran with dad. My dad was like, well, what if you were in full-blown labour? Surely there must be a bed available if you were in labour. I was like, yeah, I know, exactly. But I was like, obviously, they must keep them for, like, emergencies. Yeah. So I was like, okay, fine. So we had never, like, six hours in the sweat pit. And in the end, I was like, sure, just go home. And he was like, well, I was like, we don't know how long this is going to take. Like, we could be here, like, another day. I was like, Mila's probably at home thinking, where are my mum and dad? Like, mm. why isn't my brother here yet? Like, I was like, just go home, see Mila, have a shower, like, just chill out. So he went home, good job he did, because we didn't get, I didn't get called in until four o'clock the following morning. Mm. They kind of come in my room and wake me up and were like, oh, Jake, there's a bed available on delivery. So I was like, brilliant. So rang Sean and was like, I'm going down now, like, you need to come in. So he was like, okay, he must have got there so quick. I guess like there was no traffic at that time in the morning. So, but got down to the delivery suite and they were like, oh, we've got a bit of an issue. And I was like, what? And they were like, there's a wasp in your room. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> I was like, I <laughs> That's just the least of my concerns. I literally could not care. And they were like, oh, and but don't worry, we'll put you in this other room. So I'm like, you haven't had a room for 24 hours and now you've got two of them and one's being taken up by a wasp (laughs) why is this wasp more important than me (laughs) literally losing my mind here like just get this baby out of there so um anyway they put me into this room made me a cup of coffee I sat led in bed and then I mean luckily Sean turned up when he did because I was kind of like oh you know if Sean takes a while to get here just break my water it's still going to take like a few hours before the baby actually arrives so anyway Sean turned up had a cup of coffee with me led there then the, the doctor came in and she was like right I'm gonna break your waters now so I was like, okay fine so she put my legs up in syrups broke my waters and literally it just gushed everywhere like all down the side of the bed like I must have had so much like waters mm. and then so this nurse like doctor's got her hand up me and then she goes oh uh we've got a bit of a problem 
And I was like, okay. She was like, right, don't panic, but your cord's prolapsed. Um, okay. We're going to have to take you straight in for an emergency cesarean. So she was like, I'm going to, someone's going to press the cord. Loads of people are going to run in. Don't panic. So I was like, okay. <laughs> so I was led there with this oh, lady gosh. with a hand up me. They pulled the cord. Literally about 16 people ran in. Were like taking my nightie off, like putting Sean in scrubs, like literally. And they literally just flipped the wheels up on the bed. The nurse jumped up on the end of the bed with her hands still at me and they just wheeled me straight into the air. Wow. And like everything happened. Like it sounds really dramatic. It was dramatic, but it wasn't traumatic, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I was really calm. But I think I was so calm because the staff were so like, this is what's happening. So they wheeled me into the air. Looking back on it now, I think she was doing it to keep me distracted because they put a cannula in my hand mm-hmm. and the nurse was like, oh no I've got blood all over your engagement ring and your wedding ring and I was like it's fine like I'm not worried she's like oh but look at it it's so dirty and I was like honestly don't care like (laughs) what are you talking about she's like she's like oh let me clean it up and I'm just lit there like I don't care about my ring like there's only a bit of blood like I'm not like squeamish in the slightest like if I could have had the sheet down to watch my c-section I would have loved it But in her mind, she's probably thinking, how do I get her to look away? And yeah. Yeah. And I was like, absolutely fine. So then they were like, roll me over on my side. And they were like, which was a struggle because I was huge. Um, And all I kept thinking was, is Sean in here? Because I just had like all these people asking me like a million questions. Like, have you got any allergies? Have you got this? Have you got that? And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, fine. And all I kept thinking was, where is Sean? I can see all these people, but I can't see Sean. Anyway, they were like, basically, we're going to check the baby's heart rate. If the heart rate drops, we're going to have to literally knock you out and get the baby out straight away. However, if the baby's heart rate can stay up, we can put a spinal block in and deliver the baby when you're awake. And I was thinking, oh, please let me be awake because I didn't want anyone else to hold him for me. You know, you're like, hi, baby, I've carried him for nine months. Anyway, they were like, yeah, the baby's heart rate's fine. We'll put in a spinal block. I've never had that done before. Weirdest thing ever. I said to my friend, I was like, it literally feels like you wet yourself backwards. Like you kind of go, <laughs> you kind of go cold upwards. It's really strange. Like it starts at the bottom and it goes up. And um, they were like, oh, can you feel this? Can you feel that? And I was like, no. They were like, can you move your feet? And I was like, I literally can't feel Like it's so weird. Like my brain is telling me to move my feet, but I'm literally paralyzed from like the waist down. Like I literally mm. can't feel anything. And then he was like, right, I'm going to pinch your stomach. Can you feel this? And I was like, no. Nope. And he was like, right, perfect. Literally the screen went up and Sean came in. And I was like, all right. And he's like, yeah, you? And I was like, yeah, he went, well, oh, that was dramatic. And I said, I know. He goes, I thought George Clooney was going to run in in his scrubs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's got God. a sense of humour at least. I went, yeah, I know. And then with that, we just went, man. And I was like, oh my God, he's here already. Like it was it's fast. Like, we literally didn't even have time to panic because he was there. And then as soon as I heard his cry, I was like, oh my God, he's fine. They like put him on my chest and I was like, oh my God. Like, and then they weighed him and I was like, how much does he weigh? And they were like, £10 four. And I was like, oh my God. Well, they were right about that then, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And that was like four days early. So God knows what you'd have been if he'd gone over like Mila did. Um, so I was like, oh, like he's lashed and everything was fine. They like saved me up. We'll be back into the room. But I was so laid back. I was like, oh, I bet my coffee's still warm. <laughs> well, <laughs> and yeah. the, midwife was like, the midwife was like, how are you so laid back? And I was like, to be honest, like I said, it was dramatic, but not traumatic because all the nurses, midwives, it was so like matter of fact, like this is what's happening. This is what, and they were panicking. I was like, they know what they're doing. They do it day in, day out. So I didn't like, wasn't worried at all. Um, but yeah, so even though it was dramatic, it wasn't traumatic. Um, so then after a while, but then this is where it gets worse. So we had about an hour together and then they were like, bye then daddy. And I was like, oh. what? 
and they were like oh he visiting times are three till five and this is like five o'clock in the morning and I was like oh okay and I was like why can't he spend a bit more they were like oh because of covid and I was thinking he sat on a ward with me the last three days being useless to me and now I can't feel my legs and need him to like run around after me and help me like he's got to go home Mm. and I was like oh great and I just said like thank god it was my second baby because I knew what I was doing I wasn't like worried or anything like that but I thought like for a first time mum like if if you literally just had a baby and then it was like right dad has to go it was awful so then they put me up into this ward and then there was a lady opposite me and she'd had a c-section the day before and of course Jet started crying and I was like I can't move my legs because I've still got like a catheter in I like my legs are still like numb from like I literally can't feel my legs and there was like no midwives around and this woman across the way was like do you want me to lift the baby up for you and I was like is that all right and she was like yeah so she came over and literally like took him out of the cart and lifted him onto me um and I decided this time well I was going to try breastfeeding but again I've said no milk and even less this time because he was like early and um he was massive as well so I was just like I'm just going to bottle feed him it was just easier so she passed them up to me and I was like oh my god I was like have you had a c-section and she was like yeah and I was like should you be up and about like lifting and stuff like like you've literally just had a c-section as well it seems insane to me like the I I do understand you know COVID restrictions but it's all about kind of balancing it's looking at what the benefits and the risks like the risks of you being alone with a baby that you cannot reach you cannot lift you cannot help the ben like the risk of something going wrong either you know physically or emotionally for you there is probably so much higher than the risk of your partner being there literally so um luckily this girl was like really nice that like, we like become quite good friends and then we put the babies next to each other in the cot which was hilarious because her little girl was like seven pound and she's like <laughs> 10 pound four he literally looks like he's gonna eat her he's like double the size so funny um but yeah so that was that so then sean came in at like three o'clock and he walked into the ward and i was like what are you wearing i just started laughing he had they made him wear an apron a mask he had gloves on everything and i was like are you actually kidding me? I was like, you've had a negative test. You've been in there for three days. I was going to say, he wasn't He wasn't wearing that before, right? No. None of it. And I was like, and now you can't even touch your newborn baby with your own hands. I was like, just, I'm like, I'm like, just put the curtain around and take it all off. But he's like, he's six of them all. So he's like, no, it's all right. So like, he had a cuddle in that and then he left. And then, um, yeah, so then that night was just horrific because it was like tag team and all the babies were like, one will stop crying, then another one will wake up, then another one will stop crying, and I was just like, oh my god! So I had like no sleep all you night. Can't rest, can you, with that? No. And then I woke up in the morning, and I, but all I could hear was rain, and I was like, oh my god! I've never been so happy to hear rain because it was so <laughs> hot in there. I was like, at least like this ward was like a lot cooler than the room we were in previously. Um. So yeah, so I woke up in the morning, and then they came around with like the drugs trolley to give us like all our painkillers and stuff. So she gave me these painkillers for like, obviously for like the C-section. Because by this point I'd have like the catheter out and everything. Yeah. And then um, I was like, oh, sorry, I haven't got any water. I was like, can I have a glass of water to take them with? And she was like, I haven't got time. I just walked off. Oh my God. And I was like, okay then, I'll get it myself. So I literally had to get out of bed and walk, which was literally the other side of the like hospital ward. So it's probably like a good like 200 metres to the drinks kitchen. And I was literally like, oh my God, I feel like my insides are going to fall out. Literally walked, like literally shuffled my way to the 
like kitchen to get a glass of water and like shuffle back but I was like I need to take these painkillers because I'm in agony um and yeah so that was that and I was like oh my god I remember telling my cousin and my cousin was like she's lucky that you've got the kind of attitude where you're like fine I'll do it myself I'll just get up and do it she said whereas a lot of women would have just sat there and cried (laughs) and been like I I mean that's like you've had like such major surgery if you had had a heart transplant nobody Mm. would be expecting you to walk across a room and you have had just just as many parts of your body have been you've gone right in there every single movement requires your abdomen muscle which has been cut I mean I'm I'm that would have warranted a complaint about her oh it definitely I wrote one in after good, um, good. not just for her but for the whole situation and I did actually feel sorry for the midwives because I was like it's not really their fault they were just no. so understaffed it was a joke so um anyway I managed to like get up and have a shower and everything else and I was like do you know what I'm just gonna go in because I was thinking like yeah I'm in pain but I could be in pain at home and have people that have run around after me yeah. and also I was like I need to see Mila I haven't seen her for like four days like this is horrific like she's probably wondering like where I am like I can't wait for her to meet her brother so at 10 o'clock I was like look I want to go home I was like can you just charge me so they were like right well um like we need to examine you examine the baby make sure we're happy that like you're well enough to go home and so they were like they did all that and they were like yeah yeah like we're happy for you to go we just need to get someone to discharge you so I was like okay well I'm thinking well Sean's gonna be in at three o'clock for visiting hours mm. so I'll just go home at three o'clock when he gets there so three o'clock comes four o'clock comes it's like quarter to five and I'm like ringing the bell like are you gonna send me home because he's literally here now with the car like to we're ready you to up. Go. My, bag, <laughs> my bags are packed everything's ready to go and they were like oh um we need to do your paperwork yet like it takes a while blah 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 so it's like okay fine so that so I was like sure just stay here until they discharge me like is there any fault they're taking forever he's like no it's right I'll go home he's like just ring me when you're done kind of thing so I was like oh, okay fine half past 10 at night they discharged me I was losing my mind and I felt so bad for them because I was so lonely but I was like just send me home I'm ready to go but the midwife said to me she was like there's three of us on today three midwives she was like for however many women there are in this ward which Mm. must have been like god knows like 15 20 women and she was like it takes an hour and a half to do the paperwork but if anyone pulls the red cord, that has to be our priority. So she said, like, we could be in the middle of doing your paperwork. Someone rings the red cord. And then we've got a respond to that. To yeah. yeah. And it could just be like someone needs help with breastfeeding. Mm. She was like, we have to sit with them for an hour. That's an hour that your paperwork's being delayed. And I was just like, this is ridiculous. Yes. Like, so anyway, so they were like, here's your drugs. Here's the things you need to do. Like you have to like inject your stomach every day for like 10 days or whatever. Mm. And that's and to then, prevent, prevent kind of blood, blood, blood clots, clots, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then I had to take loads of iron tablets. Apparently I lost loads of blood on the operating table, which I wasn't even aware of. Like I did feel all right, to be honest. It was just the literal pain of like the scar. And then I was like, oh, when people say like C-sections are the easy way out, <laughs> comparing that to my birth with Mila, I'm like, absolutely not. Like, I, I, in a way, I kind of wish I'd never let him get involved. I wish I'd just gone, like, just let him come when he's ready. I was going to ask you whether you had any reflections on the process of the induction, because, I mean, obviously, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like maybe you weren't fully informed of what was going to be involved in the process, how long it was going to take and what you were going to have yeah. to expect. Is that yeah, an a- I, adequate? Yeah, because I didn't even know, like, I knew I was getting induced, but I didn't know when I got there that they were doing the balloon thing or anything mm. like that. I 
didn't really know what to expect mm. to be honest um so yes yeah, so they so then I was like oh brilliant so I rang Sean Sean was waiting because I kind of been like they're just finishing up my paperwork can you come down so he was waiting in the car park so I then rang him and was like oh can you come up and like help me down to the car park and the midwife went oh no he's not allowed up here and I was like what and they were like because of covid I was like he's been on this ward for three days he's been up here twice for visiting hours and now and he can't he come and help you and he can't come up I was like so how am I get, meant to get down to the car because I've got a baby a suitcase full of clothes a fan to carry like and she was like oh I'll have to help you down and I'm thinking, great, that's another 20 minutes where a midwife is now helping me down to a car park where he could have literally just come up and helped me grab my stuff. Do you know what I mean? That's another 20 minutes that someone else's paperwork's being delayed. And I thought, this is why they've got no beds in there because it's full of people waiting to go home. Yeah. Absolutely mental. And then like when we were walking down to the car park, like the midwife, like the midwife is lovely. And then she was like, oh, it's just a nightmare, like all these COVID rules. And I was like, exactly. She was like, I'm going to see a concert tomorrow in Bath. She was like, with like 60,000 people or whatever it was. Mm. And she was like, yeah, you can't have your husband onto the ward to help you carry your stuff down. It's like absolutely mental. And I know there was quite a large portion of time where you were, yeah, like you were allowed to go to the pub, but you weren't allowed to. So it's like, it's like okay so if I set up my birthing pool in the pub I can have my husband here but if I if I go to hospital I can't have him with me yeah there there was a I I think there's been quite a big kind of legal um conversation about how maternity care was just utterly disregarded 100% like and it, it was the same with like Mila like we weren't allowed to go to a sports day but yet, like, hundreds of thousands of fans could sit in a football stadium and watch a football game. Like, it was just, all of the rules were just so backwards. And, I mean, looking back now, you're like, Boris is probably having his own party anyway. Mm. And, <laughs> like, and you, yeah, well, exactly. And you kind of think the reason that they had, well, I say offered you an induction, it doesn't sound like it was offered. Um, <laughs> um, yes. You know, the reason that they wanted to induce you was obviously for kind of the size of your baby. But like you had already shown that you could have a big baby before but it does kind of make you wonder you know was it a case of well if we've got her here then we know how many people we've got in the beds like it's like more about controlling the situation rather than it being another unexpected thing to tear people away from yeah and that's what I said like I couldn't really and I I wrote a complaint afterwards and I said like it wasn't a reflection on the midwives because they were rushed off their feet I mean they were even like making beds up and stuff like that and I was just like why does the NHS not have like porters doing that Mm. or even porters just to run and get drinks for people and stuff like that like these midwives would literally have to do everything and they were so understaffed it was awful and, like, and then I feel so for them because I'm like I'm being lonely but I don't want to moan to you because you're actually here doing doing your job do you yeah. know what I mean it's just so unfair yeah so obviously you know you eventually get discharged from hospital in your home um how was your recovery from your c-section compared? horrific yeah it's <laughs> horrific like I was um like oh, just everything to do with like recoveries yeah I, like I got so many infections in my scar and stuff like that like I didn't know whether I was doing too much like everyone was like you need to relax and I was just like <laughs> I was like how can I relax when I've got a baby and a five-year-old to look after like but yeah. impossible 
Um, but yeah, like my scar got infected like a couple of times. That's gone antibiotics. Mm. It was just, it was horrible. <laughs> yeah. So kind of looking back at your two birth experiences, like, is there anything kind of that maybe you would offer up as advice to any kind of new parent or you know somebody who's pregnant at the moment and maybe listening to this kind of just looking for a really broad range of birth stories is there anything that you'd say yeah I would probably say trust yourself like it's it's mad that your body knows exactly what to do like I would definitely trust my body more than anyone else when it comes to training labor that's what I would probably say like yeah. with my labor with Mila it was like I didn't really I only had gas and air I didn't have any stitches nothing it was such an easy birth and I think it's just because I was so relaxed and I was like I know my body can do it like it's really weird it's really it's really hard to describe but it's like I, I always remember thinking like well I know when to push and it's like you don't even really need to push your body knows what to do it's really bizarre like you just know yeah. so I would probably say that like don't really let anyone else get involved but then obviously I know every pregnancy is different and like mm. a lot of people do need to be induced for like health reasons and stuff like mm. that but I would say like trust your body if you haven't got any complications like yeah oh well that, that's thank you so much for like sharing both your stories and obviously they're both really different so I think that's yeah it, it just goes that. to show doesn't it that you can <laughs> you can be the same person with the same parents and two babies and totally different experience. So, um, you know, if anyone else is listening and, you know, thinking about, will can their second birth be maybe different to their first? Totally. Yes, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, that's brilliant. And I'm really glad I got to see the little baby jet at the end of this. So that's amazing. Thank uh, you. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jade, for sharing your two stories with us. Yours is a true example of how different two births can be and how heavily interventions can affect our experiences. It's a great reminder for anyone listening to really take a deep look into the options presented to us in labour and birth and to remember that everything is a choice. If you're ever made to feel that you have to do something, it's always worth asking a question. Is this option that you are recommending to me based on me and my individual circumstances or is it a blanket policy applied to everyone? I really hope you enjoyed hearing Jade's stories today. Please share, rate and review if you can on whatever platform you're using. You can follow me on social media. On Instagram, I am The Real Birth Podcast and Facebook, The Real Birth Podcast. And if you'd like to submit your birth story to be featured on the podcast, you can find that form on www.realbirth.co.uk. Thanks so much for joining me and I will see you all next week.